Welcome to Between the 20s Dynasty Football Podcast. Hallelujah, it is here. It is NFL Draft Week. We're recording this Sunday evening. Join with me, my co-host, Mr. John Haas. You amped up or what, buddy? Uh, I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be the longest four days, but uh, we're finally here. I'm excited. We're going to get into a lot with the NFL Draft tonight. We're going to talk about some of our favorite over-under bets that you can go on Sportsbook right now and get in on the action. We're going to talk about some of the landing spots that we love for running backs and wide receivers, along with five trap spots for each position. And we're going to finalize our show today with our last top 12 big board before the first name is called Thursday Night. John, we got a lot to talk about. Let's start with your Hottest bet on draft night for over-under right now for round one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, had a lot of fun looking through these bets. And the number one I, I look for, a uh, number one thing I look for when, when perusing through these bets is where can I find the best value? I'm always looking for odds with a plus next to it. So the first thing that caught my eye was looking at uh, positions selected in round one, and we can start with QBs. Now, they set the over-under at five and a half. Obviously, they want you to bet the under because that may be the smart bet, you know, Lamar Jackson being the fifth guy that gets drafted. But I think the over-under, uh, if you're going to bet the over for that sixth QB to get in there, you're getting plus 160 on that. So I like the fact that you're getting a little more for your money. And I really do think somebody will trade in to the late first, a la Teddy Bridgewater and, and classes like that, where uh, a team that likes Mason Rudolph a lot can come into the first round, get him, and get that extra year on his contract. So I like the value there um, on the over, uh, over five and a half QBs in the first round. Another one I really liked sticking with the, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to cut you off there real quick, John. So really the bet is, do you think Mason Rudolph's going to sneak into round one? Right. I mean, yeah. what I personally would not touch this bet because I have no idea. Uh, I don't think Mason Rudolph's not a first round talent. It's, there's no way he's a first round talent, but it's quarterback. So how can we ever make an educated decision? Josh Allen is a third round talent and he's going to go in the top five, right? So we can't look at this and go, oh yeah, I like that action because Mason Rudolph, I, who knows where he's going to go. I think he'll go around two, uh, but I'm not touching this bet because the value on the under is only negative is negative 220. And that's not, that's not much bang for your buck. If Rudolph does sneak into round one. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, but, but uh, I just like seeing that that plus one sixty number. Uh, you don't need to throw a lot to win more than what you're betting. But uh, I mean, we've seen Christian Ponder, we've seen Jake Locker, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater. These guys sneak into round one that maybe shouldn't have been there. Um, so maybe just uh, the the plus action gets me going on that. The other one I really like is wide receivers in round one. I like this one a lot more. Now it's only going to be plus one twenty, but I, I mean I think Ridley's a lock for round one. I think DJ Moore is a lock for round one. And what I really think is going to be the third wide receiver taken is Cortland Sutton, uh, just based on his size, his athletic numbers. And I really think Dallas is going to be the fit for him. I think Moore and Ridley could be gone by Dallas. And based on their extreme need at the position, I think Sutton makes it that uh, over two and a half as, as the third wide out there. Yeah, this is a really interesting deal. And we're going to kind of combine some of these landing spots in here. So, 
we want to give you educated reasons on why we think this. So the two and a half on the wide receivers, Dallas at 19 is a prime spot. We, we know that that might be the best landing spot for any wide receiver. Also, I think Arizona is possible at 15. I, the number one, they're, they're in my top five wide receiver landing spots, an elite spot. They need help. Could they take Calvin Ridley at 15? Uh, Atlanta is searching for a wide receiver too. At the end of the first, I think Carolina is searching for a wide receiver too at the end of the first. Carolina picks 24th and the Falcons pick 26th. So you got a lot of intriguing spots there potentially for a wide receiver. Not to mention, could Jacksonville do a burn pick? Now, a lot of people have them pegged for tight end, but uh, they definitely need help with pass catchers. So they also could be an option as well. I agree with you on the three names. I think that uh, Sutton, Ridley, and Moore are the three players. Christian Kirk is probably my favorite wide receiver in the class, and I wouldn't be shocked if he snuck in there. So at at plus one twenty, I think you I think you like the value a little bit there. The other receiver bet that I'm going to tie in here, first receiver off the board, Calvin Ridley is the overwhelming favorite. But I'm a big fan of DJ Moore plus 200, man. He has had rocket boosters in his shoes since, <laughs> since uh, I mean, since the end of the regular season. And don't be surprised if DJ Moore is the first wide receiver off the board. You like that action? Oh, definitely highlighted that. Plus 200 on DJ Moore. That's your most logical uh, option to go outside of the heavy favorite of Ridley. Sutton is plus 400. So you're getting a bunch of money back if you hit on that one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going ahead of those top two guys. But, uh, but yeah, I like the DJ Moore plus 200. So if you had to pick, so let's say it's under two and a half. You know, we'll elaborate on this a little bit more. I think DJ Moore and Ridley are the locks with Sutton being the guy that's going to get you to three. Are you on the same page there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love Christian Kirk just like you, but I just don't see that that – pretty much pure slot guy going in the first round i think he's you know uh mid-second yeah absolutely i mean christian kirk is possible for the colts in the second round i think i think san francisco could look at him you know hey seattle we don't know what seattle's gonna do seattle's one of my better landing spots on running back and wide receiver but they only have one pick right now they pick at 18 now here's what's interesting john i think that at 18, because I think the Seahawks need more draft capital, 18 is the prime spot to jump Dallas for a wide receiver, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that that probably makes the most sense there. Um, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I would love to see Carolina or Atlanta. I think Carolina is a little more likely to jump up. Don't be surprised either if uh, if the Philadelphia Eagles make a move. Moving on, let's talk about some running backs. Over under one and a half uh, taken in round one. It's a heavy favorite that two are going to go at negative 225. What do you think, John? Do you, do you, are you in this bet at all, or what, do you, what are your thoughts on this one? Putting it at neg 225 really scares me. But at the end of the day, I think that's Vegas telling us it is an absolute lock that either Michelle or Geis is going round one. So, um, even with that juice, I wouldn't be afraid to try to throw some money down because, you know, even though, uh, even though the juice tells us to stay away, 
sometimes that just means it's almost a, almost next to a lock to happen. So, you know, I, we've liked that one from the beginning. The odds have really turned, you know, we could have, we saw plus plus odds, you know, over, uh, over a month ago, but yeah, they've really switched around. And I think it's almost a lock that two of them are going round one. What do you think about this news on guys? I mean, I keep hearing all these whispers about character issues I follow these guys pretty closely. You know, the character is one of the things I try to evaluate. I follow all the top prospects on social media. I try to dig in and see what I can scrape by. You know, guys had a rough upbringing, but I'm not sure that I've that I see any character flaws. Do you have a? I mean, what's your take on that? Do you think that's just red smoke trying to get them to fall down a board? Yeah, I think somebody's putting stuff out there because, you know, honestly, I. I haven't seen anything. I mean, have there been any off-field issues at LSU? None that I know of. Uh, his on-field character is perfectly fine. But, uh, but yeah, you're a lot more in, in tune to that stuff. I, I, I haven't seen anything that, uh, that scares me. So well, I think that, that's the combine questions were weird. You know, when they asked him, <laughs> he came out and said that they asked him if he was gay and that kind of stuff. And, you know, that may have threw a team off that he's willing to be so public about that kind of stuff. But truly, that's the... That's the most elaborate thing I can even think of with guys. He is very active on social media, uh, which, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid. So I, I don't know how you can f- fairly judge that, right? But I do yeah. think that um, that it's interesting to see where he's going to land because he's a top 10 talent, right? So I, And I think he could go anywhere from, you know, just talking day one, Washington at 13, Baltimore at 16, Seattle could take Marshawn Lynch 2.0 at 18. We all know the Detroit Lions at 20. And like I mentioned before, I Philadelphia apparently loves this kid. And I could see them making an aggressive move to trade up and get Geis. I don't know that he goes any lower than 20. But if he does, I think the Bills, the Nightmare Bills, are a possibility at, with their 22 pick if they keep it. And I also think potentially the Patriots, they have 23 and 31. And lastly, the Steelers at 28, maybe they really do bail on Le'Veon Bell for the future. But, man, if it's if he gets past 20, there's a lot of danger spots there. I, I don't, I'm not sure I want him in New England, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't want him in any of those situations. Yeah, no way. I You don't want to see him get past 20. Man, I really don't think he gets past Detroit. I think Detroit has a glaring need there, and he fits that. His role and his running style fits what they need perfectly. So, you know, I, I think he. I don't think he's getting past twenty with Detroit. What about tied into this running back bet? Our boy Sony Michelle. He's is Sony Michelle your second player pre-draft? He's, yeah, absolutely. He's two on my board. Wow. Um, We've we've talked about him all off season. We we love him. What's there left to say? Um, what about this plus two fifty second running back off the board bet, John? Oh, I, I like that value a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. I've seen some mocks here. Kuiper's McShay. Kuiper McShay's had him uh, going thirty two with guys going the next pick after him in the second round. Um, I could see something like that happening. Yeah, I mean, nothing but positive buzz for for a guy like Michelle. Where, like you've been saying, a little bit of smoke with with Geis, but but uh, only positives coming out of Michelle and and with that talent and with what we believe in, I, I think that's great value, and I I would hop on that definitely. One thing that I found interesting was Mike Mayock, who's one of the more you know pronounced people in the industry. He just changed his his final big board. 
uh, where he does his top five position rankings, he moved yeah. Michelle in front of Geis. Wow. And Scouts Inc. has Michelle at an 88 and Geis is an 87. So it's interesting. This Where there's smoke, there could be fire. I think plus 250. Now, I, I have Geis 2 on my board, and I think Geis will go ahead of Michelle. But, man, I, I will tell you, I will be betting that Sony Michelle plus 250 on draft day because it's just it's too juicy and there's too much smoke there to not at least be intrigued. Yeah, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Here's a question for you, keeping on the running backs. Where does Saquon Barkley land? Because they have the over-under at 4.5. I got to go under on that, man. I think I think he's a lock to go in the top four picks. But – I guess I could see, I mean, basically they're putting it right between Cleveland and Denver, which are both possible, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. No way he gets past four. It's The chances are 50-50, the Giants or the Browns. I don't see any other way that happens, barring some crazy trade-up for a player like him, which I don't think would ever happen for a running back, but... Uh, I think it's a 50-50. I think that's a sucker bet. Um, you, you take the under on that if you want, but uh, but Barkley's going two or four. I think that's a lock. I've said all along I think he's going to the Giants at two. I said that. I, I just think with their whole debacle with Eli Manning last year with that Geno Smith start, I you know really soured their fan base. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, because guess what? These teams – do you have a human element, right? And I think Absolutely. with him being in New York and, you know, they released that Superman thing of Barkley after the combine on the New York Times on the front page. I just think it's what the market wants. I think that they, they believe he could be the face of the NFL, the face of their franchise. The only question is, you already have Odell Beckham there who's supposed to be the face of the league and the face of your franchise. Do you think, A, do you think that that hinders at all the pick? And B, how do you think that they would coexist? Oh, I mean, I don't see any issue there. Um, Barkley comes in as the perfect prospect, especially off the field. Absolutely. He, he, he would fit into that offense perfectly. And, you know, I really like the idea of Barkley rushing up the middle and being the threat out of the backfield. And then Odell Beckham on the outside being the electric threat that he is. That makes too much sense, and this offense can be clicking for at least one more year with Eli, and uh, and they could see themselves back in a playoff contention. But but I, don't, I just see that and those two guys together as a as a plus, and and a reason why the Giants would pull the trigger on a guy with that kind of talent uh, that high. So here's what's interesting. So the Giants I have as my third, and the Denver Broncos as my fourth best running back landing spots. I think that the Browns are a trap spot, potentially. I don't have them in my trap, but they certainly are a consideration. Where, what does it do for Barkley's value to you, and I'm talking startup now, if he's a Giant versus a Brown? Well, for startup, I've always been hesitant to put Barkley ahead of my top four guys. You know, uh, over DJ, potentially, but I'm still having Zeke, Le'Veon, and Gurley as my top three. Now, if he goes to New York, now I start thinking about putting him in that top three based on his talent. Uh, but if he goes to the if he goes to Cleveland, I think he's solidly the, the fifth running back in the ranks. Um, and you could even argue Kamara, Fournette, and Dream, I would say, too. 
You could, you could. I just think Saquon's a better prospect than they are. More of a generational type talent with this guy, with this size speed combo. Um, and I don't, I don't even think Cleveland could kill his value. But uh, he's the only guy going to Cleveland that I'm okay with. I think he really hurts any of the other guys in our top, you know, two through five running backs. Uh, I'd be really scared about those guys going to Cleveland, like you said. I think that's what plays more into that trap spot that you were talking about. Yeah, man, because Carlos Hyde's good, and and so is Duke Johnson. And and that's why I don't think they're going to take Barkley. And by the way, I'm going to disagree with you. Here's, and this will get into another bet of ours, Josh Allen is plus 400 to be the first overall pick. And if it wasn't the Cleveland Browns, I wouldn't even think about it. But, man... There has been, we just, we talked about Sony Michelle where there's smoke, there's fire. How much buzz has been going for Josh Allen to go at one? If they, if they waste Josh, the first pick in the draft on Josh Allen and then go and take Barkley at four, I'm out, dude. I, and, and what I mean by that is I won't own Saquon Barkley on any team ever because the price is going to be way more than what he'll ever produce. Yeah, I mean, the startup price for Barkley, definitely. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm preparing to laugh out loud hearing Josh Allen's name go one overall. Man, it's it's one of those things. A, a guy with a day two grade going number one overall, that's going to be tough. Uh, apparently, they like his hand size. That's all I keep hearing, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that we're getting plus odds, though, based on all the news that we're hearing and what Dorsey likes as a prototypical prospect, I mean, let's, I, I feel good making the bet. I could definitely see it happening, and if it happens, I'm getting paid. So I like that. So you would do Josh Allen plus 400? And by the way, I just want to clarify, too. I don't know if I said at the beginning of the show, all these bets are on sportsbook.ag that we are giving you these over-unders on. So if you're looking and you're listening and you want to go put in your money, that's where you got to go, sportsbook.ag. Are you in on that, Josh Allen bet? Is that something you're going to do on draft day, John? Yeah, definitely. I feel like you can put some some capital down on that and, uh, and, and feel good about it. Now, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Darnold, but just based on everything we've heard, Put some money on Josh Allen and laugh and go to the bank when it's all over, if it happens. <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely absurd. Here's here's another quarterback question. Will all three top picks be quarterbacks, yes or no? I don't think so because we just said we think the Giants would uh, would take Barkley. But it's cert- if Josh Allen were to go one, I think the Giants right. would have to look at Darnold for two. Right. And then all of a sudden the Jets, we've heard they love Mayfield. They could take Rosen. You know, there's plenty of options there. There is a scenario where that can happen. That would be – has that ever happened, top three three straight picks with quarterbacks? I don't know about top three. Obviously I'm not looking at history here, but uh, nothing comes to mind. Um, and, yeah, the other scenario that could possibly happen that you may be betting on is the Giants trade back. Uh, because the Bills still have those picks, and are the Bills willing to part with a considerable package, which they do have, 
and that can offer to move up to two to get their guy and to also slide in front of another team in their division and take a quarterback that they would not want to go to the to the Jets. Um, I think that's a definite possibility and one that's that's calmed down just because the Bills have not committed to anything publicly, but definitely something that's still on the table. So here's something I find interesting. The Bills with six day one, day two picks, no other team has six. The Patriots have five. The Browns have five. The Colts have five after their trade with the Jets. But the Bills have the most ammo in the draft in the first two rounds. They have picks 12, 22, 53, 56, 65, and 96. John, if you are the Giants, what of those picks are you asking for for the number two pick? 12, 22, 53, 56, 65, and 96. Well, you take the two firsts, give me two seconds and a third. Wow. So you would, you're would you asking for the farm. But that's what's going to have to get it done on draft day, i got to imagine. I mean, look at what the Jets gave up, right? So uh, the closer you get to draft day, the more that price, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to go up. And, and I think the Bills, if they have a guy on their board that they believe in, they should do that deal. Um, just go up and get the guy who you think – I mean, for that franchise, for that franchise could be their next Jim Kelly. I mean, they are desperate for a quarterback, so if they believe in it, I think they should pay that price. Obviously, I wouldn't do it if I were the Bills GM, but uh, you know that that's the possibility, and and I got to imagine that's what the price is going to be. Yeah, I would gladly take twelve, twenty-two, fifty-three, and a third. If you give me two number ones, a second, and a third, I'm moving back for sure. Yeah, and potentially, you know, when it gets closer, the Giants may pull the trigger on something like that too, which would still be great value for them. It's already a great team. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely an interesting uh, topic, and I do think Buffalo is, you know, they could they could trade up with Denver. They could trade up with Cleveland at four. You know, they I think they're going to be on the phone for for about the first two hours on, <laughs> on on Thursday trying to trade up in the draft. And, and you know, they may get something done, and if not, we know they need line help. So, good God, they need to draft a left guard, a, a left tackle, a right tackle, and a center. <laughs> I mean, they're just – they're a nightmare. So, yeah, is there any other prop bets? I, I'm just taking a look here. One that I found kind of interesting – was just in general more offensive or defensive players taken in round one. They they're both. It's basically a, a pick 'em because they're both negative one twenty, and so. But the offensive players are plus one point five, with the defensive players being negative one and a half. I don't think this line class is very good. You know the tackles in this class is garbage, but of course it's a position of need. But I don't know, man. I think this is a really good defensive draft. I, I, I think I would side on defense here, more players selected in round one. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I haven't really charted out the offense versus defense in round one and what I think is going to happen. Um, but you're right about the lack of lineman depth, which may tilt the scales for defense, um, which which may be the, the best point there and, and the, the biggest thing to look at when trying to decipher between the two. I have one more sneaky bet that I want to discuss, and I think it's kind of a high-level line of thinking here. Last player selected in round one, you can pick offense versus defense, and normally that's a kind of bet you'd like to avoid. But with Philly sitting at 32, if they don't trade up, 
They are a prime team. They have brought in every running back, man. They've brought in Michelle. They've brought in Geist. They brought in Ronald Jones. So I, I would not be shocked if they take a running back if they were to stay at 32. Potentially, Sony Michelle sneaks in for your third first-round running back. Or if they trade out, look for a team that might be trading back into what you alluded to earlier, John, and that's taking Mason Rudolph and getting that fifth year. Right. So I actually think that's just a that's normally a bet that you would just say that's a coin flip. I don't really want to touch it. But right. man, with the with the Eagles sitting there, I think they would lean offense, and if they trade out, it very well could be somebody moving in for Rudolph. Yeah, I like that mindset. I think uh, I think that's a safe bet. Definitely. What what were the odds on that? Uh, if it's offensive, it's negative one ten, and if it's defensive, it's negative one thirty. So what? So it's actually saying it's more likely it's going to be defensive, but we obviously right. think it's going to be offensive. Yeah, yeah, I like that bet a lot, and uh, uh, the logic is sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about some landing spots. You know, this is uh, this is such a big. Everything is about to change. Our whole world's going to get turned upside down. Do you want to start with running backs or wide receivers for our landing spots here, John? Well, you know us. We're always going to start with running backs, so let's go over those. So I think there's six elite ones. It's Indianapolis Colts, Tampa Bay Bucks, New York Giants, Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers. I think, and here's what's great about this. I think the Colts, the Colts have three second-round picks with that they did in that trade with the Jets. They pick 36, 37, and 49. And I got to think, especially that 36, 37, if Sony Michelle is still on the board, to me that's an auto pick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Nick Chubb, let's not rule out Rashad Penny at 49 or 67, who we like a lot. Definitely. Uh, I, I think the Colts, they're, I think they're a prime spot to take a running back, and I think that they're very likely to take a running back. If the Colts were to do it, where, I mean, does that, let's say the Colts take Rashad Penny and Geis goes to the Detroit Lions, which I think is kind of a mess spot personally because Theo Riddick's never going to leave the field on third down, is prime opportunity like that with a player you like is that enough to flip a guy like Geis and Penny on your board John yeah I think so um but it would have to be pretty bad I if Geis lands in Detroit I'm still keeping him at three I think his opportunity is still pretty good um I I like theoretic too but uh you know it's okay he's he can always play more of a compliment role uh with Geis and guys can can fit exactly what that what that team has been looking for for years a dependable back that they can hand the ball 20 times a game to and, and who can get better as the game goes on um, so i like that a lot it would have to be pretty special for penny to jump him um, but it could happen you know rashad penny in I love san francisco penny. rashad penny in san francisco is the one spot that i'm highlighting for him that could be really special because they bring in mckinnon but he's always going to be the 1B. So Rashad Penny could slide into that 1A role and be the consistent zone runner that Shanny wants. And, man, that that is high production right there. So if guys falls into that uh, Redskins or Detroit, a spot that we're not so high on, that's when you start thinking about Rashad Penny. Yeah, because here's what's interesting about the Niners. 
59, so he could go round two. I think he's going to go round three, but how about this, John? 70 and 74. Right there, bang. Two of yeah. the top ten picks in round three. Rashad Penny could be an Alvin Kamara-like player. We love him pre-draft. He could fall into the beginning of round three. I don't think he lasts long, and that would be a home run. <laughs> that yeah. wow. is a lights-out opportunity. If he's a Niner in that one-cut system, which is which is obviously his strength, Man, yep. Penny would be fun to watch, and I think I think everybody would be on board with that. But yeah, seventy seventy four, man, right in the top of round three, that could be a Rashad Penny landing spot dream. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the Buccaneers because they don't have a they don't have a running back on their team besides Peyton Barber. Uh, I I think at seven, obviously, we don't think Barkley would be here, but I've seen it mocked, so I'll address it. They would take him at seven, I think, if he was there. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. 38, they pick They pick pretty early in round two. I think that's certainly possible. You got Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, uh, Sony Michelle, and potentially Geis if he were to fall. I, I doubt it. But that would be who you're looking at in round two. And then once again at 69, you know, you got Rashad Penny. But let's not let's not leave out Kirion Johnson, who we both like a lot, John. Right, absolutely. And I think – you're hitting that spot in the 70s there, right? Top of the third round is really where I would love to see Carrion go. Uh, I think Penny's a second rounder. I- I've heard a lot of buzz about him going second round, so I, I almost feel f- fairly confident about that. Um, but you're right about that. Top of the third round spot would be a perfect spot for them to scoop up a running back. Um, you know, first round, not not going to happen, so we can eliminate that. Top of the second, if uh, Michelle Geis and... Uh, Chubb and Jones, maybe. Um, I think it's only if it's Michelle or Geis there that where they pull the trigger. Um, so I'm thinking in that 70 pick, you know, that's uh, that's where they may pull the trigger and carry on would make a lot of sense. You know, I'm not a fan of Ronald Jones, but if he were to go to Tampa Bay at 38, I mean, how can you not be? <laughs> right. That's when you have to really start considering him. And if you have him outside of your first round pre-draft, that's not going to last long if that landing spot happens. Well, of course not. And, you know, he's an interesting talent, and we'll get to him later when we when we break down our final big board because you and I are going to have a mom-and-daddy fight over over Ronald Jones and another player here. But, uh, you know, we will uh, we'll see about that. But, yeah, man, Kyrion Johnson's a guy who, don't be surprised, I, I think he's going to go in day two, man. And teams... I think he's. I think he's one of those guys that teams like more than what they're saying. I realize that there's some teams that are going to be thrown off a little bit by his middling production, but man, the Le'Veon Bell style—it's what we heard with Joe Mixon last year. It's coming coming into the fold, and he certainly could be a poor man's Bell. If the Giants don't take Barkley, because they're they're number three on my board, is 34 a lock for a running back, man? Yeah, I think so. Um, now, I, I think that's, again, a spot for Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, and Rashad Penny. Um, I feel fairly confident about those two being, or those three being round two backs. Um, and Sonny so Michelle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sonny Michelle, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's when that's when those names start to enter their conversation. I think it would have to, uh, based on what their depth chart looks like right now. And, uh and yeah, so so I could definitely see that, and like you said, potentially just a lock. 
we're only going to briefly touch on the Eagles. Now, one thing to keep in mind about the Eagles, because we've talked about them at length already, they only have the 32nd overall pick. They don't have a second rounder. They don't have a third rounder. So Philly's kind of interesting because they are an aggressive team. So they could trade up, they could trade back, or they could take a guy like Michelle at 32. But the last team in our elite top six spots, and this was a team that just jumped up. If you haven't heard the news, C.J. Anderson was cut by the Denver Broncos, which now gives you a wide-open landing spot. I think they would be interested at Barkley at five. And Denver does have an extra third-rounder, John. And here's what's interesting. Their extra third-rounder is a compensatory pick. So they pick 5, 40, 71, and 99. Don't be surprised if a guy – what about a Royce Freeman in that late third round? I mean – a guy that we love, uh, a, a producer in college, a, elite production. He was better than I thought he would be at the Combine. Royce Freeman could sneak in a day too, man. If he went to Denver, oh, that would be Twitter be buzzing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that spot for him. Uh, I think he could step in right away as immediately a better talent than what they have right now. Uh, compliment uh, Henderson, who I think they're going to do a little third down work for. But What about um, Booker? Yeah, I think the ship has sailed on Booker. Um, he had some positive some positive uh, pre-draft uh, buzz on him, but we've seen him play. There's no juice in, in that body yet. I'm, I'm out on Booker. I think anyone who they take day two uh, immediately slides ahead of him on that depth chart. Yeah. And another couple teams that I want to mention briefly because I think they're all in play in round one. In our second tier of landing spots, we have Ravens, Raiders, Seahawks, Lions, Redskins. What's interesting about that is with the exception of Oakland, those other four teams are all potential for Darius Geis. In in the Ravens, Seahawks, Lions, and Redskins, all between that 13 and 20 range. Yeah. I, I find that fascinating. Now, the thing to keep in mind with Seattle. They only Again, they only have one pick. They only pick 18th. I really do think that if they don't love somebody on the board, they are going to trade back. Seattle has so many needs, and I think that's a prime spot to jump ahead of Dallas and take a wide receiver. So I think that that's likely. Now the Ravens, 16, 52, and 83. Alex Collins was decent last year, John. Are you sold on – I mean, the Ravens are such a weird team because they – even though they keep signing, you know, the willy sneezes of the world and uh, trying to patch up that wide receiver core, they've burned picks on tight ends like Max Williams. They don't have a quarterback. What on earth, besides offense in general, are the Ravens trying to do in this draft? <sighs> Who knows what the Ravens will do? And the other thing about Baltimore is they're a prime prime uh, candidate to draft a wide receiver and have his career fall apart like every other one they pick. <laughs> so, I, you know, everything's on the everything's on the board for Baltimore. I think they do like Alex Collins, though. I think they like Alex Collins enough uh, to not burn a first-round pick on, on Geis. Um, that's just where my instincts are at with that one. But like you said, who the hell knows with, uh, with Baltimore? Yeah, the Redskins are another interesting one because they don't have a third-rounder. So they only pick at 13 and 44, and you've heard so much coming out of their camp. I think running back is likely in the first or second round, don't you? Yeah, we've seen a lot of buzz about them bringing backs in for visits. Um, I think it's an absolute lock with one of those top two picks. 
Um, so be prepared with that because we do not think that is the best landing spot for a running back. Let's talk about a couple traps, man. Beware, beware. I got five teams I want to touch on. Houston. Deontay Foreman, if you haven't seen, was just pup listed. They don't believe in Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller's mother doesn't believe in Lamar Miller. Miami Dolphins. They brought in Frank Gore and like this weird bridge thing. I think Kenyon Drake is better than people give him credit for, but I think the Dolphins hate him for whatever reason because they wanted to share time with Damian Williams, who's a corpse. Um, Carolina, it's funny that a team that drafted a running back eighth overall is in the need for a big running back, but they are. Now, the hope is with Carolina is they don't go early with running back. I, But, you know, they have four picks, and... You know, I don't think they'll address it round one, but they have 85 and 88 in the in that late day three. Talk about a nightmare for Royce Freeman, John. Yeah, definitely. I mean, caps his production immensely. Uh, I think me and you both liked more of a Bo Scarborough. Absolutely. A guy who just fits exactly what they need and a guy who you actually – get a little more excited for because he's actually guaranteed a spot and a role on an offense where there's some other spots. If he gets drafted, maybe if he falls to day three, you're not really interested in him at all. But uh, that's the kind of name I'd like to see there. I do not want to see Chubb. I do not want to see Royce. Absolutely uh, not. Even Penny. <laughs> I think that would be that would be very bad. Yeah, because you're just so capped with C-Mac. C-Mac's always going to be the 1A. Right, right. Pittsburgh's another interesting trap because they got 28, 60, and 92. And here's here's the three backs, I think, John. I think Geis is round one's possible. I think Kirion Johnson with his Le'Veon Bell light is possible. And I heard they really like Royce Freeman as well. So, you know, those guys are all in play. I think Penny's in play too. Uh, I don't think they're going to get any of those early second rounders, but those guys are all in trouble. I mean – the thing that stinks about the Steelers is you're guaranteed to be a handcuff for a year, and then it becomes the question of, A, what's going to go on with Big Ben after this year, and B, do you really want to spend a first-round pick on a, on a guaranteed zero production year one? I mean, where what are your thoughts on that? I I really hope that doesn't happen, first of all. I, <laughs> I would shed a tear if Carrion went there as the backup. That would uh, completely neutralize anything with him, but... Uh, I think they have enough needs on the defensive end where they do. They can't. They can't take a running back. They can't do guys. Um, so, you know, I feel fairly confident. I'm not uh, afraid of anything going on round one as far as running backs go. Uh, they need defensive backs and they need inside linebackers. They need all that stuff. So, um, uh, I, I feel fairly confident they're going to defend defense round one. Our last trap spot is Mr. Bill Belichick himself and the New England Patriots, and they're interesting because again. Five picks. They're one of the three teams with five picks in the first two days. 23, 31, 49, 63, and 95. Ugh. Nightmare, buddy. Yeah. that uh, It's going to happen. One of these guys is going to go to New England. Uh, I hope it's Ronald they, Jones. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. A guy that, that we would welcome to go to a spot we don't like. But, you know, they're a trap spot for the running back and they're pretty much a trap spot for wide receivers too. You know, I'm not really excited for either of those. And I think they may take one of each with all those picks. They could, especially if they don't get their quarterback. And, right. and, and that's the thing we don't know. And new England's an interesting team. Cause number one, they have the firepower and number two, everybody knows in the bill Belichick area, 
this team moves around the board. So they they may not do the big move that you've heard buzz rumors for, but don't be surprised if this team is making three spots up or back uh, all around the board and just causing hectic hell on draft night. You let's let's go into the wide receivers, John. So wide receiver landing spots, obviously with the release of Dez, the Dallas Cowboys are the number one spot, I think, by a long shot. Have to be. I mean, would you be I would be heartbroken if they don't take a wide receiver at nineteen. I really would. Well, maybe you said this before, but what do they have after nineteen? I have not. They have nineteen, fifty, and eighty one. Okay. So, unless they, you know, Sutton could be there at, at pick 50 in a second, but um, I, I'm with you, man. They need one of these names at the top because they instantly become the most attractive wide receiver, I think, maybe outside of Christian Kirk getting an awesome spot as well. But uh, whoever goes to Dallas, I'm most likely going to have as my wide receiver one going into any draft that happens, uh, or any rookie draft that happens post-draft. I was going to ask you about that. So post-draft, Dallas landing spot, if it's if it's somebody relevant. Now, what if it's not one of the our consensus top four of – Obviously, Ridley, Moore, Sutton, and Kirk. And then I have a fifth in Anthony Miller. If it's somebody beyond there in round two, what if it's James Washington? Dude, I would tell you right now, I still would not take James Washington with a first-round pick, even if he's a Cowboy. I promise. I promise you. Well, yeah, I'll tell you this. If James Washington's their guy, uh, the good thing is is he will definitely move into every first round. And at least that makes another name that we like way more further down and maybe we could find value elsewhere but if the fantasy gods want to just destroy my life let james washington go to fucking dallas on draft night oh my god oh zero times zero is zero people so do not try to boost up james washington post draft A, a couple other interesting landing spots you got indianapolis Again, those three second-round picks. Christian Kirk could be very interesting in Indy. Um, San Francisco, Green Bay, who is notorious for taking receivers in the second round that work out. And the last one rounding out our top five elite spots is the Arizona Cardinals, who have Larry Fitzgerald and nothing else. Which which one of those teams do you want to talk about, John? I, I mean, I really like all those spots, and I would love to see all of our top five make it there because I do have Miller at five as well. So I would love to see all five of those guys find a way on all five of those teams. That would be crazy because all five of those guys, you know, we talk about it being a poor wide receiver class. Some of these landing spots are elite, man. These are elite landing spots this year. The wide receiver spots are very good. There is so much opportunity out there right now, and especially with a team like the 49ers, who didn't cash in on a big name in free agency like A-Rob, like some of us thought. Um, You know, oh, man, I would love to see one of these guys go to that spot with an offense firing in all cylinders, which I think will be happening next year. So there is a lot of spots, and all those spots we just touched on, they all need a wideout, and uh, there's opportunity for them to take them day one or two. And uh, and I, I like all of them a lot, and I think that would really improve all those guys' draft stock. Yeah, San Fran's another interesting team because I want to talk about them for a minute. I don't know if we did. They have a couple – they have an extra third rounder, which I find interesting. So the weird thing about San Fran, though, is they have nine, which we know they're not going to take a wideout at. 
But then they don't pick again until 59. I don't think any of our five guys are going to be there at 59. Yeah, you I know? think you're right. So you're probably going to get into that next tier, maybe a Dante Pettis, James Washington, Equinemia, St. Brown. I mean, those guys are just players I'm avoiding. But who knows? You know that That's why these post-draft drafts are so interesting. And I love when your rookie draft is immediately after the NFL draft because um, – People way overvalue situation. Between the 20s is going to be coming out with our very first official article about round three wide receivers. Uh, it's ugly, man. It, it's a less than 10% hit rate. So if San Fran takes a sexy name in round three, do not value them because the odds are historically heavily against them. Um, I do want to talk about Arizona real quick because they pick at 15. I think it's possible for Ridley to go there. What do you think the odds are on that? I mean, obviously they want a quarterback, but I don't know if they're going to have one at that spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Lamar Jackson situation could be a could be an option for him. Uh, but I'm with you, man. Ridley, I've seen mocked there a lot, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, they need a number two to go behind Larry Fitz, and eventually a guy who can take over being their number one wideout, obviously, because uh, Fitz, we don't know, uh, we don't know if this is going to be his last year or what, but. Um, there's so much opportunity in Arizona, maybe more than any place else, just based on the fact that their current number one is most likely to be gone uh, as soon as next year. So um, I think Ridley makes a lot of sense. I think DJ Moore makes a lot of sense based on his how his stock has been rising. Um, so I'd look out for those two names at 15. Yeah, Arizona's another team that has an extra third rounder in, in compensatory picks. 47, man, if could Christian Kirk fall to 47 and then gets to learn behind Arizona uh, Larry Fitzgerald? Christian oh, Kirk, by the way, people, uh, is from that area. You know, they they are apparently in love with Kirk, and that would be a spot he'd like to go. So don't sleep on that. Christian Kirk at 47, that could happen, man, and that would be exciting. Yes, sir. Three other spots we like, Atlanta, Carolina, and Seattle. I don't think Seattle is likely, but let's talk about Atlanta and Carolina because at 24 and 26 in the first round, man, I think if I think if Moore or Ridley especially is, is available at 24 or 26, I, how do you pass, that, pass up that kind of value? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's exactly where their head is at. Um, uh, you know, because Ridley has been high on on any every NFL team's board for a while now. Moore's been shooting up into the top thirty on probably most of them, uh, and and they'd be loving that value at those points, especially based on the fact that that fits an immediate team need, and both of them could slide in and be immediate contributors and improve both offenses. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely smart to look at that. Uh, do those teams have any picks day two? Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 have all their complement of picks. So Carolina, uh, they actually have an extra third. So they have twenty four, fifty five, eighty five, and eighty eight. And yeah. then uh, Atlanta has their normal three selections at twenty six, fifty eight, and ninety. So, um, hey man, we've 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 actually had a really positive pod so far. Can you? I don't even want. I don't even want to say this. Man. This is going to ruin my night talking about the Buffalo Bills taking a wide receiver. <laughs> and uh, is there a bigger trap spot than the corpse land? I mean, you mentioned Baltimore earlier being a corpse. There hasn't been a relevant bill in my lifetime, man. I mean, they they ruined Sammy Watkins. I mean, it. 
and they have six picks. And if they don't, I I want Buffalo to trade up for a quarterback so bad because I don't want them having these draft picks because all they are is an anti-poon. Um, <laughs> Bills at 22 is a nightmare to me for a wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Based on the situation they'll be hopping, hopping into with McCarron and presumably another rookie if they don't trade up to take one. Uh, that's why I think everyone who's a fan of uh, any of these top four wide receivers is begging for Buffalo to trade up for a QB. Oh they just God. have way too much ammo. That's the scary part about Buffalo. Uh, we talked about it before when we were just looking up landing spots, and they are the most obvious one. And they have the most ammo, so it's almost like I'm worrying about them taking, you know, maybe even two of the guys in our in our top uh, top eight potentially or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's very scary. But I think with all that ammo and with that franchise's situation, it's got to be QB. So let's cross our fingers. Well, and it's scary because Buffalo, despite investing in Zay Jones and all these other guys, Calvin Benjamin last year people still think wide receiver is one of their biggest needs. I mean, it just yeah. – I just want to throw up. I also want to throw up thinking about Jacksonville at 29. You know, Jacksonville yeah. at 29 is another one that you hope that one of our top four guys doesn't go there. 61 is too late for one of our top five guys, if you include Anthony Miller. So 29 is really the only pick we're holding our breath on. And Jacksonville's kind of interesting because what they don't need much. You know, they're, they're a very good team. So could they take a value on a – Wide receiver. I mean, they brought in they brought in the the all jag team, right? I mean, they brought in Moncrief, who's we've been waiting on forever. They re-signed Marcus Lee, but let Allen Robinson go because that made sense. You know, ja- Jacksonville would be a pretty poor spot with Blake Bortles and a team that wants to keep the score low, run the ball with Leonard Fournette, and has the defense that they're not going to be playing catch up like they did a couple years ago when. Uh, when Bortles did have his big fantasy season. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think those names you talked about, you know, they brought in enough during free agency. I don't think they're going to address wide receiver. I feel fairly confident that that's not going to be uh, uh, where any one of our top five guys go. Yeah, it's just a trap. Baltimore we already talked about, but again have brought in. They brought in Crabtree. They they signed Willie Sneeze, uh, so they may avoid. And then, then the last team I want to talk about, and I just do the Titans – might be my least favorite franchise in the NFL. Um, the Titans are a team that just lives to cuck me. They cuckold me, John. <laughs> oh, man. I know the feeling, man. I, I own Derrick Henry, too. I think everyone who owns Derrick Henry knows that feeling. And the fact that they couldn't maximize Corey Davis last year, it's not a good sign for him because I don't see a Corey Davis in this class. And, uh, it's just gonna be. It's gonna be like worse if if any of these guys go there. I, I'm dreading that. Well, and they don't have a viable number two, and Delaney Walker's getting up there, so ugh, it would just be. I'd cry. Yeah, just wait to the third round, please. Please, thank you. Or James Washington, that's fine with me too. Um, <laughs> so last piece of the show, John. Let's get into our pre-draft top twelve players. Drum roll. So, I think we agree at one. We got Saquon Barkley. That should be the consensus 101. At two and three, we've, we touched on it. We disagreed a little bit. Sony Michelle versus Darius Geis. Um, would, would you say that landing spot could determine this order for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
you know, I'm not really sure what would move who above who, but you know, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, they're very close for me, even though I've had Michelle there for a couple of weeks, they're very close. I feel confident about both of them. So whichever landing spot I feel better about, that's probably going to dictate my number two. Yeah. And then the next two running backs, I think, are uh, Nick Chubb and Rashad Penny. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have Penny at four, and then on Johnson at five. Oh, so you have Chubb lower. Yeah, it's more of a personal favorite uh, for me, right? I love Carrion. Uh, but don't get me wrong, this is my pre-draft ranks, right? I am fully expecting landing spot to decide everything with these guys. I would say that from four to at least... So for me, it's I, I think that's even a you could argue that's even a tier with Chubb, Penny, and then to a lesser degree, Kirion, Royce, and Ronald Jones, right. you know, rounding out that top eight with everybody knows about. You know, if Kirion or Royce get a great spot, of of course you're gonna skyrocket those guys, right? Right. Right. So I mean Kirion could easily be ahead of Nick Chubb post draft. Right now, Nick Chubb's my one oh four, but yeah, if if Kirion Johnson's a 49er, I'm all in. Yeah, definitely. So wide receivers in the mix, though. How, how do you rank the top four? I mean, I know I think we got the same top four. We have uh, Christian Kirk. Do you have him one? Kirk one. I have Kirk one. Uh, I'm with you. Love everything he put up on tape. Uh, love the fantasy role that he's going to play as that slot. And if he gets the right offense, I think production will be through the roof. Yeah, I have Kirk one. I think DJ Moore is going to be my number two wide receiver, and, and I and yeah. I would take Kirk and DJ Moore over that Kirion Royce and obviously Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is not even in my top twelve. Um, I like both those guys over any of those any of those secondary running backs. Yeah. So how I kind of shaped out my six through ten, or let's just do six through nine here. I did Christian Kirk at six, Chubb at seven. Royce at eight, and then Moore at nine. And you know what's interesting is I love all four of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's just phenomenal value, you know, going in. Obviously, landing spot's going to determine that. So then your last three spots, so you have Cortland Sutton, obviously. Mm -hmm. You have Ronald Jones. And who who else did you have back there? I had Ridley at 12. Oh, Uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley. We haven't talked about him yet. I like Ridley above Sutton. I, I I just think Ridley is such a good route runner, and I think the hate's gone too far. Um, so my last three guys in the first round are Ridley, Cortland, Cortland Sutton, and a fifth receiver in Anthony Miller. So tell me why Ronald Jones should go in the first round ahead of Anthony Miller. Because we agree on the other 11 players, even if we don't have the exact same order. Sell me on why Ronald Jones is a first-rounder, because everything that I know says he's not. Well, I think based on the other players around there, I think he has to be in, based on his position being a running back. And what kind of opportunity I feel like he will be afforded is is why I have him in, the, in round one. You know, I love his home run hitting ability. Obviously, we've talked about before what kind of attributes we like about him. And when touching on the running back landing spots, you know, Tampa, uh, Giants top around two, 
Denver round two, 49ers, uh, 49ers, those kind of teams. That's who we were talking about. And that's who I'm anticipating uh, taking Ronald Jones, similar to like where Dalvin Cook went last year, uh, top of that second round. Um, That's the kind of future I see for Ronald Jones. So that's why I'm keeping him in round one. And I think just the fact that he has that home run hitting ability, NFL teams really do love what he put on tape. Uh, I, I think that's enough to keep him in my round one over the fifth wide receiver in this draft, um, who I do love, by the way. I'm a huge Anthony Miller fan, but um, I, I mean, I have him just at the top of the second and, and I'm keeping Ronald Jones in, in my uh, in my first round. Yeah, I think Anthony Miller for Ron, I just think Anthony Miller is a good player and I don't think Ronald Jones is a good player. <laughs> you know, I yeah. I think Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller's got shades of Antonio Brown, man. I you I it's it's blasphemy Absolutely. to even say that, but when I look at a guy who's small but high points the ball, can run all the routes, yeah, he's a willing blocker on the outside. I think teams are gonna love his effort. Uh, right. older prospect, I get it, you know, he's actually older than Calvin Ridley, but yeah, I I think he's gonna be good and I think he's gonna go higher than people think. I think Anthony Miller is gonna be a second round pick. Yeah, no, I think he's almost solidified himself as that. I've seen him I've seen him that almost as a consensus in, in a lot of the mocks that I've been reviewing. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense, and I love Anthony Miller as well. I mean, former walk-on, this guy has that attitude that you love about players. And uh, and I think what will make him what will end up making him very successful at the next level. And I just want to say something, especially on these wide receivers. Landing spot on these wideouts, the top five that we've mentioned, are are all going to shake out how we rank them post-draft. I mean, you talk about if Anthony Miller is a Buffalo Bill at pick 53 in the second round, I mean, he's not even on my board. (laughs) I I mean, I'm just being serious, you know. So landing spot's going to shake out so much here for these these wide receivers especially because you have five. I I would say these guys are good talents, but none of them are special to overcome situation. And all of them are good enough that they could thrive in a good situation. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the running backs, I, I mean, we, we've had the top the top eight running backs have been the top eight running backs since this whole thing started. John right. Kelly's been creeping up boards, and I like him a lot, and he's my RB9. But the top eight running backs need to be the top eight running backs. I, I don't like Ronald Jones, and I would take him over John Kelly every time. Yeah, in a in a pre-draft rookie draft because I think John Kelly is going to be a day three pick, and we're talking about Ronald Jones. Is there any way Ronald Jones isn't a second round pick? No, I don't think there is any way at all. I mean, he was getting first round buzz for the majority of the process. I think it the what happened is the combine came, his pro day came, and people were didn't like what they see or didn't like what they saw from him uh, in those two environments, but everyone should go back to the tape and recognize what made them fall in love with him in the first place. So I think he's a lock for day two. I think that's appropriate value too. Absolutely. John, we had one heck of a pre-draft pod here, man. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about before Thursday? I think what we've been talking about all along, pay close attention to these landing spots. I think that's the most valuable thing we went over here. Um, Landing spot is going to dictate a lot, especially in our top five wideout tier and in that four to eight running back tier. That's going to dictate a lot of people's top 12, and it's going to dictate a lot of uh, rookie drafts this year. 
we have a lot of data, and we will definitely be following up with you guys post-draft on every position. Landing spot in the NFL, it's actually draft position. What round you're taking in has huge historical uh, value to players. Being a second rounder versus a third rounder for a wide receiver is a massive difference. Being a day two versus a day three pick for a running back is a massive difference. And we'll we'll get into the actual numbers for you based on the last 15 draft classes. Our database that we did on this, John, we went all the way back to 2003. And yeah, it's so going to be fun to dig into. We, we have definitive data that we can help you guys sort out these ranks and and it's going to it's going to be really fun and we will be joining you guys on Friday. So here's what we're going to do. Between the 20s is getting together um, for the draft this weekend. We'll be tweeting out obviously Thursday night during the draft. Friday morning we're going to release a podcast. We're going to recap day 1 in about, you know, 15 minutes and then we're going to give you an updated look of what we think's going to happen on that second day in about in about 15 minutes. So be on the look for that. It'll be an action-packed 30 minutes where we give you instant reactions to what happened day one and what we think is going to come in day two. So we appreciate you guys listening. And remember, Dynasty Championships are won between the 20s. Enjoy NFL Draft Weekend, guys.